tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Illiterate. Drug tweaker. Like, what like, name do you want? Those are more like deviant, gayju shill. I got a lot of names. <laughs> we'll think of something. People are really going hard to pay on Tripoli lately. So just you know, living and loving. Guys, got a great show for you. Uh, we're very excited to have her on. Uh, Christina, aka Redick, Redick Verum. Did I get close on that? Let's hope and pray. Uh, she came on. She has a doc that's coming out. It's called Kidnap and Kill an FBI Terror Plot. Uh, this is a this is a dangerous episode, boys and girls. We get dangerous on here. We break it down, and it gets into what we've been discussing on the show a lot. It, everything is an intelligence operation psyop. Once you start to realize that, I'm I'm really like being honest with you. I've been I've been gone in the, I've gone in this kind of th anyways. I don't want to get into that. No, no, but, you're right. You got me thinking they're in everywhere. They're like Fuck, no, they but have I've gotten this be. place where I've gone like all like 360, where I'm back to like almost standing next to people that don't believe anything. I don't believe anything either, but for totally different reasons. One one is feeds into the machine, and I feel like what I'm where I'm at, and hopefully a lot of you guys are at. You're pulling your energy out, pulling your money out, pulling, and that's how you kill the machine in my humble opinion so we'll see johnny brings up some great questions like you know is all this so sloppy the, the the this information that we're getting is it so sloppy is it being put out on purpose sloppy Nonlinear warfare it's super interesting but it's a great episode so i great hope you guys enjoy so much. it i love it when it when the when the presenter has all the information lined up and she knows her shit yeah she did a great job she presented very well uh i had an off show i feel like just words You're were escaping so hard on yourself i am but i i really care about the people who listen to the show i care about the swarm and i just want to put out the best product ever so i hope you do enjoy it uh guys listen Listen, everybody, okay? June 2nd, I am in Jackson, Mississippi. If you're anywhere near Jackson, Mississippi, could you please buy a ticket? Buy a ticket. I'm coming out. We know you ain't got shit to do down there. What Come are you on. doing oh. in Jackson? Yeah. Did you can't hear the greatest conspiracy comedian of all time? And you're getting a Q&A. 
And you're getting a QA. Come, Come get on. weird. Join me. Okay. And then the next day, Baton Rouge. We are in uh, Louisiana, January, June 3rd. So check that out. Tickets are moving on that. And then San Diego, we're going to the American Comedy Company. That is coming up as well. Daddy has to do a lot of uh, figure out where he's going to shoot a special. So listen, everybody. I just started a brand new Instagram. If you can go in your Instagram, put in Sam Tripoli Comedy, find it. I'm only posting comedy clips there. Check that out. Sam Tripoli Comedy. Uh, it's doing well. It's already getting a couple views, but it's all for the algorithm there. Uh, where, what are your social medias? Johnny A. Woodard on Instagram. Johnny Woodard uh, on Twitter. XG marks the spot on every social media. Okay, guys. Uh, real quick, I'm not going to do too much about the website right now, but it's everything you need. We're proud to announce we, uh, we've we just added a brand new affiliate. We have Buy Gold and Silver. We have our good friends at Haley Ray Crystals Candles. Everything. Again, you- that's Harley Ray Crystals. What did I say? Haley Ray. Harley Ray. There we go. There and then uh, our favorites, uh, our favorite brown gas, uh, Aquacure Hydrogen Brown Gas. All those. Our new affiliate, uh, we're very excited, is Joel Staley's Fitness. Okay. You go to joelstaleyfitness.com or you click the banner. You use the promo code TINFOIL and you get a nice little discount. He, I'm on a... I'm on a uh, weight of fasting, and we hope that you, if you're not happy with how, where you are, how you can look at one guy Dude, says, lost 56 pounds in 90 days. 74, oh 65. These numbers are for, I don't got that much weight on me. Yeah, but these guys are doing it, and I lost it. And I, Listen, I'm back to fasting a couple days. I already feel like a million dollars. I'm not even kidding. So uh, go click the banner. He's waiting for you, and he does a great job. Go back a little bit. T-shirts at TimFallHatTshirts.com. I'm working on some new designs for you. Uh, all of our social media is there, guys. Uh, we have a ton of social media. Uh, that's all on samtribly.com. All my videos on samtribly.com and links to all seven of the shows, uh, audio shows that I do. Uh, they're all there on samtribly.com. So check it out before, uh, if you can, you want to support the show. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, Rockfin. Rockfin's got a brand new app, everybody. A lot of you guys have been asking. Uh, you haven't been happy with the app. The Rockfin has asked me to tell you. Uh, the app is now on fire. Johnny said he tried it. It's much smoother, moves more quicker. So if you're downloading the app, you want to watch it, you want to watch it on your iPhone or you want to watch it on your smart TV, Rockfin is there and it's a great new app. So go check it out. Anything else, guys? Uh, Rockfin is on We Don't Smoke the Same, fully updated. Go leave a comment because we're going to be giving out a little little gift for whoever leaves a comment, a little raffle. So go leave a comment at rockfin.com. Uh, yeah, we're still, we'd love to have you call in the Broken Simulation. We take voicemails there. Uh, check it out. You can find it at the end of, the phone number is at the end of every uh, Broken Sim video. I can't remember it right no, now. No, that's how they get it. You got to watch an episode. You want watch that number? Watch an episode, watch join it. it. Tell us about your local, uh, le- the local legend, okay? Yeah, Urban Legends if you want. We love uh, Urban we Legends. Love we love atrocities if you got a few atrocities. Uh, so enjoy this episode of basically breaking down the the phony plot to kidnap the Michigan governor. It's chaos what they did to this guy. But, you know, knowledge is power, so we hope you enjoy. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. All right, let's get into a very excited about this episode because I think, it one, it's a super important topic. 
And it's a, it's a story that, I mean, j- another example of where conspiracy theorists are right. Uh, I'm very excited. She, she, she made this doc and we're here to talk about it. Please welcome Radix Verums, AKA we'll call her Christina. How are you, Christina? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, everybody, I hope you enjoy her, her lens on her camera. Cause it's, it's absolutely crushing it. I mean, you look great on the screen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're very thankful you're here for our listeners who may not be familiar with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where our viewers, listeners can find you? Yes, absolutely. So I'm just a regular person. You know, I worked in law for many years and kind of decided to become an independent journalist. And uh, I followed the Whitmer case and I've reported on many other uh, similar cases as well, all kind of seeming to involve government corruption. And um, as I reported on the Whitmer case, it became clear that nobody else was going to tell the true story there. And the need for a documentary uh, just became very apparent. Nobody else was going to do it. So I decided to get involved in taking that project on. Um, I have a website right now currently under construction, but it has links to all the places you can find me. It's just radixverum.com. So if you want to find me, uh, on social media and stuff, there's one place you can go to, but I'm on YouTube as well. Also just Radix Verum and uh, on Substack. Okay. So all of that will be on the, uh, uh, in, in the description below, click any of the links, you'll find her. Uh, very excited to have you on. Thank you so much. It's, it's a very important thing. You know, here we are in this, this kind of moment where, Something that we in the conspiracy community knew uh, didn't happen, which was Russiagate, Russian collusion. We've we've had people on like Whitney Webb who who have told us this is being done on purpose because they want to get us to not trust our electoral process. And I think you're starting to see it and you're starting to see what's really going on and what what the the one side and, and listen dude i think it's all george bush death cult but it seems to be coming from one side which is the progressive left whatever they say about the right seems to be really happening on their side and you know we can go in forever about all the stuff on the right that's going on but it just seems like today in this day and age of just like all everything's starting to come out we're in crazy times right now with with what's going on with the FBI and all that stuff. What was your whole thoughts on all that? Yeah, really, we are. Um, it's I, kind of disturbing to me how it feels like we're we're seeing like a resurgence of the kind of thing that the FBI was doing uh, back in the day, right? Like. Uh, they're sort of like PatCon operations. So things like Ruby Ridge, Waco, Oklahoma City. We haven't had a, a Waco again uh, yet, thank God. But it seems sort of like that mentality within the FBI is there again, um, where they're seemingly targeting a certain group of people. And I think everybody can see that now. And this case certainly was, um, I think that you know, when people talk about like what happened in 2020, they bring up um, mail-in voting and, you know, some of the other uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and the uh, what we just learned about the uh, what was it like 50 different intelligence officials yeah, that signed off yeah. on some it's letter saying that this uh, the stuff on this laptop was most likely like Russian disinformation or something. And they knew that was 
nonsense. But that these were all things that happened like prior to the 2020 election that people thought were kind of done to sway the election. But the, the Whitmer case was another one that I think people kind of forget also. Like these guys got arrested October 8th of 2020. It was like right before, one month before the election. You could call it an October surprise. And um, Gretchen Whitmer the next day did this big press conference where she said yeah. that these guys were yeah. like ISIS. Joe Biden did the same thing. Kamala Harris did it. And they kept bringing up Trump's tweets like he had tweeted out um, at one point during these lockdowns, uh, liberate Michigan, liberate, I think it was Minnesota, and then liberate Virginia. He he had tweeted this stuff out, and they kind of used that to say, oh, because this happened in Michigan, Trump radicalized uh, and unleashed these, you know, violent, dangerous, white supremacist, far-right extremists. And, you know, that that scared people right before the election to think that, oh, the thank God the FBI foiled this plot to kidnap a, a governor by these radicalized Trump supporters. <laughs> it's so crazy, dude. It's so crazy. <laughs> so before we get into, yeah. I know, I know we talked a little bit right here, but I want to take a moment before we really get into it to hear the trailer for your movie and your movie is, is called, let me find the name of it real quick. I have it right here. Kidnap and kill an FBI terror plot. So let's, let's listen to the, the, the uh, trailer for it. And then we'll get into the meat and the bones of it. So here we go. Earlier today, Attorney General Dana Nessel was joined by officials from the Department of Justice and the FBI to announce state and federal charges against 13 members of two militia groups who are preparing to kidnap and possibly kill me. We're grateful to the FBI and law enforcement to discover these domestic terrorists and stop them. You know, it's the sort of behavior you might expect from ISIS. You might see a number that high in a sprawling narcotics conspiracy that stretches from coast to coast and beyond. That's a pretty high number in a case like this. It really reflects, I think, how deeply the government has been diving uh, into this investigation to try to make these cases. It was just literally a bunch of working class guys who on the weekend got together and you know, exercise their rights and train with firearms. So the FBI says, hey, we'll just pay for everything. Who arranged the meeting? The FBI's paid provocateur. Robeson was getting paid to set this stuff up. So they make the route, they set the locations, they make the plan, they oh do everything. God. And Adam's literally just sitting in the basement of the vacuum repair shop smoking blunts all day. You're going to hear that my client was the leader of this group. But I think you're also going to hear that there was an election held to identify the leader, and it was Dan. How can I frame a social situation to make this naive person appear to be a dangerous, violent terrorist? The whole goal was for the FBI to spend millions of dollars to create militia groups record them saying offensive stuff, and then frame them in a fake conspiracy. Unbelievable. That is so well done. Oh, thank you. It that just so it makes well me done. so mad. Every time I, I watch it, I get like riled up, you know? <laughs> 
It's it's so insane, and it and it's it's so interesting because like you you know when you study this stuff enough, you you can you can if you study history enough, you you can start seeing the plot in which an event in the past came to happen, right? So you can watch each step that the 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 hidden hand of intelligence, the hidden hand of the deep state, the globalists, whatever whoever you want to say it is, you can watch them step by step setting up everything so when the the major impact event happens, it has maximum emotional like it does maximum emotional damage. So you can watch it happen. So we in this in this in this world of conspiracies know all the calling cards, and we saw it instantly with this. And so you take this, you take January sixth, and you start to see that this is about creating the notion of domestic terrorism, nationalist, and they're a danger. And you start to watch it slowly get wheeled out by the mainstream media to cater to this small group of people on the left who are amplified by the social media to act like they're a giant group of people and they're really upset. Like, I think we were part of it in like a weird way. You know how there was FBI informants trying to figure out this militia? I think on the Off the Grid festival we went to, I'm pretty sure there was an FBI agent there trying to figure out who's running this shit. Yeah, for sure. Who's got the militia, who's got the printed guns, the when 3D guns. When somebody shows up, hey, do you guys know where I can get some ghost guns, bro? <laughs> Yeah, he literally and, said that. You're like, what? <laughs> what, dude? And that's just these people, what, just trying to live off the grid. Yeah, for and, sure. And they don't want that. They don't need that. That's not part of their little, small little cities that they want to create us for us to live in. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get into a lot of that stuff because I think this extends to almost everything culturally. And I've talked about before. But so so we see that this has just been a giant buildup. Um, every every major event, like we know that OKC was a uh, a traumatic Im- impact event to start to you know to chip away at our, our constitutional rights, and then what they couldn't get there, nine eleven got, and we you know we see all everything getting set up and steps forward, uh, you know all all each step. To a road that gets us a little deeper into it. You emotionally traumatize people and, and they, you know, in order for, for them to have safety, they're willing to give up freedom. And then the old saying is, if you sacrifice freedom for safety, you get neither. And that's what we deserve we're neither. <laughs> yeah. So where do we start? Where Before we get into your movie, where do you, where does your journey into uh, conspiracy into questioning the official narrative into uh, pushing back against the 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 globalists who want to destroy the constitution like wh- wh- where does you, where do you where does your journey begin probably 9-11 um I was very young when that happened of course like uh I think I was in eighth grade but I remember it happening and I remember the impact that that event had. And um, my cousin uh, emancipated himself when he was 17 to join the Marines and he became a sniper and uh, he went to Iraq and he came home and was a different person and uh, started drinking a lot and could not reintegrate back into like civilian society. So he just started working for a private contractor, went back to the Middle East and then 
uh, died in Beirut in 2007. And uh, we were given different stories about how he died. He was 30 years old and he, you know, he was a Marine. So obviously he was very physically fit. And uh, they said he, he died in his sleep of like some congenital heart condition that apparently he'd always had that the Marines missed or something. Um, and then there were a couple other stories that they told us uh, and somehow the State Department was involved. So that event <laughs> was um, a big uh Thing for me. I was 17 when he died. Um, and I just remember thinking that starting to look back at like re-examining 9-11 again. And, and then I kind of felt like, you know, he was used by people, like you said, the the people who really run things and who created 9-11 for their own agenda. Um, so I think I guess you could say that's sort of like where my waking up to this stuff began. I've always been though sort of like an independent thinker. And um yeah, I I guess uh as far as like this Whitmer case goes, um I had been prior to these guys getting arrested, I had been kind of researching uh these older like FBI. I had been looking at PatCon because of something else, because of another con? case. PatCon, PatCon. What Pat is PatCon? So I will explain PACCON in a minute, but because of like another thing involving FBI informants, when the Whitmer thing happened, I'm like, oh, I feel like I recognize this playbook from the FBI. PACCON stands for Patriot Conspiracy. So um, I'm sure you know what COINTELPRO was. Yes, is. Yeah, from is. the... Um, is I guess is probably still going on, but uh, everybody I think has kind of heard of COINTELPRO, with where the FBI, like in the sixties and seventies, uh, had infiltrated like left wing or anti war movements with the intention of disrupting uh, them. Um, but sometimes, in some cases, they create their own groups as well. So PATCON uh, was a series of FBI operations that occurred in the nineties, and uh, it was. Uh, according to a former PatCon informant, John Matthews, Ruby Ridge was a PatCon operation, Waco, Oklahoma City. So I had been looking kind of at those things when these guys got arrested. And I was like, that just kind of seems like the same type of operation that the FBI was running. Uh, and the PatCon um they were the FBI was like infiltrating militia groups and sort of like a Christian or right wing groups, but nothing, nothing really came of it. Um, so there's very there was very little documentation about it until uh, 2007, I think, was the first time. Um, the code name PatCon was even disclosed. Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Factor. Listen, during the prime spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and to keep you on track for reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, Eat well and tackle everything you need to do on your to-do list, okay? Too busy to cook this, May? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store. Skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. 
Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Looking for calorie conscious options ahead of summer? Try delicious, dietitian approved, calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Need an extra boost of energy to support your wellness goals this spring? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Wow, that's amazing. So here's what I want you to do. This may get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash tinfoil50 and use the code tinfoil50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code tinfoil50 at factormeals.com slash tinfoil50 to get 50% off your first box. Enjoy it. So so there's a part of you going, okay, we need, you know, if you take a kind of step back, you go, if it, let's just say there's a, a a group that wants to commit some kind of uh, you know crime or or something like that, where you know, and we're gonna believe they're doing it for uh, real reasons, uh, whether it's uh, right or wrong, they're they're gonna do it. So you would go, don't you want your law enforcement infiltrating these groups so they could stop it? But the problem comes is that. Most of the stuff that they're they they end up trying to stop, they actually started. Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. these are they, that they they create <laughs> problems so that they can just take away more of our rights all the time. I don't think anyone has a problem with law enforcement trying to stop like a legit, let's say pedophile ring, right? There's a pedophile exactly. ring out there. They want to infiltrate this and figure out who's running it so they can stop it, so they can stop kids getting hurt. But what we're seeing over the last, what, 70, 70 years, decades, is that not only are they like, not only, they're creating the problem. They are creating these issues. They are creating the monsters that they we we beg them to hunt down and stop, whether it's terrorism abroad or terrorism domestically, they have a hand in this to create this because not only do they want to take our, away our constitutional right, but we have to have some sort of monster out there to warn their budgets. They create a lot of this stuff just for their budgets. And for me, it's like I don't have a problem, let's say, with a, with with an intelligence group that is there to really stop any kind of uh, crime or, or or attack or anything like that. But it just doesn't seem like that's what they do. And if they do do it on a small level, there's giant big things that they are literally funding, cre creating, funding, arming, and releasing. I mean the cartels. The cartels, the terrorist groups, these dictators, all this stuff. Like the border. The, the people are, people come here because you ruined their country. 100%. The border is packed because what did America do to all those countries? It is the, the exact fuck same thing they did in the Middle East. Bomb the shit out of the Middle East so that everybody comes to Europe. And now the, the fabric of Europe is changing. It's changing. And I don't hate those people. But they're coming here and bringing their stuff. And... 
It just seems crazy. So it's like, this is like, honestly, I mean, my grandfather was a cop. I mean, I have no problems with stop. I was thinking today because, you know, I just wake up talking to myself all the time and I was just <laughs> all the time. I just can't turn my head off. And I'm just talking to myself about like the, 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 the movement behind defund the, the, the police and like how crazy that is. How crazy right. that is. And so you have these people on defund the police, and then you have this guy on the subway choking out that guy who's, who's, who's threatening to attack everybody. Now you can't even defend yourself. So you don't have people defending. Well, wait, I, I mean, I thought it was community policing. I thought that's what they wanted. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with what you're saying there. I thought this is what you wanted. And now you don't even want that? Like with these trans activists going up and committing violence and when people go back and defend themselves, they're the ones that go to jail. So I'm like, it's just like idealistically and I'm I'm not having the best day with words today, to be honest with you. I probably used up all my words talking to myself, but you know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like idealistically, yeah, we would love to have a, a, a group that is there to stop anything from happening to the country, to our economy and all that stuff. But in reality, it just doesn't seem like that's what they're doing. That's not what they're doing at all. I worked in law for many years. Like I understand what legitimate like law enforcement investigative technique is, right? Where like you would, if this case happened, and it was legitimate, you would expect that there was, you know, a group that was already plotting or planning something. And then here comes law enforcement. Maybe they put an informant in there. And that person is there literally to like observe and record what is happening and just give that information, relay that information back to law enforcement. But what is happening here is that is not the case at all. Here, law enforcement, you know, the FBI is creating the groups. Um, so for example, uh, I've learned while I've been investigating this, that the FBI has a database of Americans that they would like to target. And they give their informants, in some cases, access to this database. And then these informants will make contact with people on social media, no. uh, the people that are in that database, <laughs> and they will befriend them. And it's very, um, it's all very sinister, and it's very uh, scary. It doesn't sound like it the way I just described it, but it is. Um do you, do you know anything about data analytics? Well, well, real quick before we get into that, <laughs> I think what we're talking about was we would love an enforcement. Like, you know, you ever watch like the ID channel? It's like always some husband or wife who wants to off their significant <laughs> other, yeah. right? And they go meet with a hitman. That hitman's yeah. always yeah. a cop. If yeah. you're trying oh, to yeah. hire somebody <laughs> to kill someone, just know you're talking to a cop. Yeah. And yeah. I'm. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with them sending in right. an undercover. Nobody you know knows a hitman. Nobody you find a hitman. Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, not on the internet. Yeah, no I know one. this guy. He goes down to Dunkin' Donuts. He orders a like. I oh. found him on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like hitmen do not advertise on Craigslist. Right, they're just not there. So, no. in that instance, it's great. You're saying you know undercover to stop a crime from happening. But going back to what we're we're talking about here, that's not what's happening. And like, no. it's so crazy to me that there is like a list of like people they want to contact that you're just like, okay, let's go after this guy. That blows my mind. Why? Cause yeah. you're on it. 
I do it. Right. There's no <laughs> way I'm not on it. I think there's we're no way you're not on it. on it or you're not on it. We're it's under you. Life. There's tears. It's like when you get Sam, you got to start with X. Get I X feel, first. I feel you're way easier to get in contact with than me. I oh, feel yeah. like you're open-minded to it. Huh, hey, uh, man, F coming up, bro. Huh, FBI chick, I'm there. Yeah, you're totally. <laughs> by the way, you're just now going to get inundated with hot well, FBI Actually, chick. they get him on immigration. I mean, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. You want it? The door is open. <laughs> that's crazy we're gonna entice to you me. to put the uh the gasoline in the jar huh yeah that's crazy <laughs> oh yeah and then here just light it and throw it um yeah okay so they send it they they create these these data lists of uh targets they want and you can just log in and it's it's almost like leads like when you're trying to yeah, say i want like, the glengarry yeah, 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 yeah. right here's now. a couple leads for you i need those triple let's leads. see you could close let's close let's close <laughs> exactly what it is and it sounds funny to say that but these informants are getting paid for this so uh one of them uh dan chapel they're one of the main informants he was paid uh, $54,000 cash. So the FBI pays their informants in envelopes of cash, kind of like just how the mafia does it, I guess. Um, uh, incidentally, there are apparently envelopes um, that say Chase Bank on them. So I guess mm. that's the account that the FBI uses for their sensitive informant program or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, these people will make money for the leads that they get. And then what happens with it, how well they process it for the FBI. So he got 54,000 cash for about six months of work. And then uh, in December of 2020, after these guys had been successfully arrested and framed, uh, he was given another $23,000 cash bonus. He was given a new laptop. He was given a smartwatch. Like they helped him move and he got a new house because they said that, oh, he could face intimidation. So he had to move. Um, it, apparently it's very lucrative to be uh, a snitch for the federal government. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, if you, if you take a look at the CIA, I mean, Pablo Escobar was a CIA asset. It helps when they print the money too, you know, they can pay whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100% bro. <laughs> and that, you know, this gets into like, I mean, this goes so deep. I remember in the eighties when I was younger and, and they were just like, dude, the government's paying $25,000 for a hammer. Why, what was that? And you're like, Oh, that's what they're, they're not really paying 25 grand for a hammer. They're paying a, a five bucks for a hammer and taking the rest of that money and yeah. using it in black ops operation. I mean, again, yes. if you go back to the Kavanaugh case that everyone was like, can you believe they made that stuff up? That was all a psyop. That whole case was a psyop not to discuss Brett Kavanaugh's whole background in, in creating the Patriot Act. He worked with the Clintons to clean up all the loose ends on Whitewater. It is George Bush death cult again. And that whole thing, that woman was a CIA asset who worked in Stanford for the CIA intern program. Her father's job, and this is what, what, what we're getting at, was to find funding for black ops operations, which is exactly what the crack cocaine stuff was, which is what, you know, one of the first shows we had, Freeway Rick Ross, was literally like, yeah, I'm, I'm selling... I'm selling drugs for the 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 uh, CIA. It's insane. <laughs> so when truly, we, it is. Yeah, yeah, and so this goes back to episode six six six, where we were like, 
is everything uh, uh, an intelligence operation? And I would go, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, having Whitney Webb on, and she's just uh, done some stuff. She's been talking about the J.P. Morgan Chase lawsuit with Jeffrey Epstein and how Jeffrey Epstein had these uh, bank accounts that he was using to pay off people, and he was withdrawing like massive sums of money. Um, his accountant was asking the bank about like, what is the maximum amount he can do without triggering like reporting and stuff? Epstein was giving people envelopes of cash from Chase Bank also, just like the FBI, apparently. Um, it's amazing. And the FBI spends, I think the last estimate was something like $530 million a year just paying FBI informants. That's insane. How much? $530 million a year. Oh, my God. Cash. That's one NFL Cash. quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, uh, it's like un cash, bro. Cash. That's unbelievable. So let's, let's get into it because this has all been about domestic terrorism. We have done episodes on it. They've been talking about this forever, passing laws on this forever. They wanted to start a new division of Homeland Security, which would be domestic terrorism. So in order to get that going and get the, and again, this gets in to all this, what we've been talking about on the show, which is occult magic, okay? Which is everything is manifest. They, ha they have to manifest for us to manifest for them to come and save us. So they have to get us in a place of high anxiety, where we are begging to be saved. So you create all this domestic terrorism. It's very interesting. You could always see what is the psyop that they're trying to run based on the theme of the videos that are coming out. Right. Right. So when they wanted, so they, when they wanted to create Asian hate, just everything yeah. on the internet was just suddenly somebody punching an Asian grandma. Yeah. And it was just like video after video after video. And then out of nowhere, None of those videos came out anymore. You're like, what? The, did we just stop punching gr Asian grandmas? It worked. Yeah. We're just done. We, we no more. It. Yeah. It's oh, done. Oh, oh, we just show a couple of videos and people stop? Yeah, it's just so interesting, it's right? Interesting. So then it becomes like, you remember during the George Floyd, now it was just co white cops, black victims. And it's just one video out there, nothing going the other way, just this. So you could tell what they're trying to push. And again, now we're getting to, into these stories. This story precedes January 6th. These, these militias, these militias out here, they're domestic terrorists. They're causing chaos. You just want to take your kids to kindergarten and you never know when some fascist <laughs> domestic terrorists will show up in a mat. And by the way, they're always wearing masks, by the way. If you see a picture of any of these, uh, you know, these quote unquote domestic terrorists, and they're all with masks on being arrested. That's my favorite thing. They're being arrested and allowed to keep their masks on. Yeah, well, that, that's because they need to walk around behind the building and get arrested again. After, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a cycle. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a money saving. They're really saving taxpayers' dollars when you think about it. So they yeah, can reuse the same it's guy. It's basically like in John Wick where you could see that they they use the same guy a couple times yeah, getting killed. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they angle it so you can't see it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. 
That's exactly, exactly right. what the FBI is doing. They they're just using John Wick henchmen over and over and over Steve and over Fletcher again. Just keep he just keeps yeah, walking just around the building. And Every time he comes in a different outfit, but you're like, <laughs> I think that guy was already killed like three times in this movie, right? Yes. So 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 we have this plot, and it's and you know not to be offensive to anybody, but is like the the best meme I've ever seen. What uh, of this situation was all like ten Spider Men just pointing well, to each yeah. other. And then it just said, fed, 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 some autistic fuck, fed, <laughs> fed, 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 right? And it's totally 100% true. It is true. It is exactly what happened. Yes. Um, in fact, Adam Fox, uh, I believe his attorney should have tested him for autism. Uh, his family thinks so also. Um no, yeah, uh, the guy that just, was framed as the ringleader, you know, the the homeless man that was living in the basement of the Vac Shack. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our friends at Helix Sleep. That's right, HelixSleep.com. Listen, I love sleep. You love sleep. We all need to sleep. We spend most of our time sleeping, and your mattress is the most important part of your sleep. Without a mattress, what are you going to do? And that's why I want to tell you about the people at Helix Sleep. Listen, they have one of the best uh, out there. I mean, dude, I love Helix Sleep, dude. My favorite Helix mattress, let me tell you about it. Bang! It's a Helix Midnight Lux. That thing is like warm butter sleeping in. It's the best. I get so, I mean, uh, dude, I don't know what I would do without my Helix mattress. Do you guys have a Helix mattress? Absolutely, I do. Yes, I love it. Do that every night. I'm Fantastic. taking the quiz right now. He's taking the quiz right now. Look at he's lying about how tall he was. Like he's like Helix is, uh, You're is like a chip. That, that's You're the 65. lie. That's the lie. Not not the, the not my the person I'm sleeping with. <laughs> there we go. So Kim Kardashian's high. Nice, dude. Nice. So you go there. It's a real quick quiz. It's fast. It's easy. It's fun, and it will help you figure out which one of Helix's twenty unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux collection, the newly released Helix Elite collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress for just kids. Whatever mattress, it's going to figure out which one's the best one for you and personalize it. That's right, dude. Get your personalized mattress, and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. In your home, with your own mattress. And that's why they're going to give you a 100-night trial. That's right. And a 10 to 15-year warranty, man. Come on, what last? A trial? Wow. A trial. A mattress. A trial. That's right. For a mattress. Everyone's unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different models to choose from. Each one is designed specifically for specific sleep positions and feel preference. Wow. It's that great. So here's what we want you to do. It's really that simple. Here's the offer, everybody. Here's the offer. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. So go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. To get 20% off all mattresses and two free pillows for just Tinfoil Hat listeners, just that's helixsleep.com slash tinfoil and use the promo code TINFOIL to get this amazing offer. Enjoy your sleep. Here's here's what 
a, a weird question. Did the informants know that they were informants, or were they like really on their own? Is, well, no, that, no, no, no. So you are. I, I. Okay, go on. Sorry. So I'll technically like the government says they weren't aware of each other. There were twelve undercover informants that we know of. There could be more. So there's 12 that we know of. And then there were two to three undercover FBI agents as well. Uh, in addition, so really there was more like 15 Whoa, uh, so federal funny. agents involved, more uh, so feds or people working for the feds than actual defendants uh, in this case. Um, it, but tech, they, we were told that they didn't know about each other yeah. and they weren't coordinating. But in the government's own evidence, like in their discovery, we can see them communicating with each other and coordinating. They're obviously in contact with each other and planning it. So, yes, they were aware of each other. And what I would encourage people uh, to consider, and I'm pretty sure your audience uh, seems like they would be aware of this already, so I probably don't need to tell them, but to start considering like what the FBI is doing with this stuff, not as legitimate investigations into so-called domestic terrorism or whatever. Uh, they are literally um, casting a, a theatrical over the top narrative. That's what they're doing. And they will watch people and they'll surveil them for years and they'll just collect data on them. And then they can take that data together and they do what's called parallel construction. So they can take something you said three years ago on Facebook and they can just take it, this snippet, and they throw it together with a bunch of other stuff they've gathered and they can paint a completely different picture of who you are uh, than what is true. And that should terrify everybody. By the way, of course, they knew about each other because if they didn't, can, they would just be reporting on each other. Obviously, all the reports would be about, hey, you know, this guy was really suspicious. This guy keeps asking everybody, hey, do you know where I can find the pipe bomb? You know, he's, he's asking everybody. That would be all the reports. They'd just be reporting on each other. Of course they knew about each other. Oh my God. Yeah. Of course they did. It's well, sad. It's really it's sad. sad because lives get thrown away. Yeah. So how about this? For example, like this is I have this here. These are the out of court statements that the jury didn't get to see in this case. So this was stuff that was picked up by the recording devices of multiple informants. Um, and some of this contains text messages between uh, FBI handling agents and their informants. And one of my favorite quotes here is Special Agent Hunrick Impala saying to an FBI informant that they burned uh, <laughs> as a source at his interrogation when they arrested him for doing something that they gave him permission to do he says to him we have a saying in my office don't let facts get in the way of a good story now why would an fbi agent be saying that to an informant uh in in october 10 2020 interrogation in michigan and this is a uh chs from Wisconsin. Did the, now can I ask, did the judge refuse this being brought in or did the defense not yes. try to bring it in? Oh, the judge. No, no. The the judge uh, basically ruled against the defendants uh, almost every single time. He, uh, On his what name grounds is judge did they Yonker. not bring this in? What, what? He, the judge has discretion. He called this hearsay. Hearsay. Okay, he created right. well, a bogus hearsay. hearsay rule. More like he yeah. says. So basically, hearsay uh, in this case, the way Judge Yonker interpreted it, it's the government can go back 
uh, 20 years into your history and they can pull anything you've ever said completely out of context and present it, or they can present an informant who says, well, I didn't actually capture this on a recording device, but I'll testify that this was said. And they're allowed to show that to the jury, um, but anything picked up by a recording device, any text message communications between informants and uh, the uh, FBI handling agents was called hearsay. That's so insane. while it made its way into discovery, and this is uh, up on Pacer, anyone can download and, and read all this stuff. This did not get presented as evidence at trial. The jury did not get to see this. Now, do you uh, think that was two part trials. of sandbagging? There was Sorry. two trials. Do you think that was part of sandbagging the defendant, or was that mostly just to keep this information from going wide? And being published. So um, there was obviously uh, they wanted this to look like a fair trial, but it, it clearly wasn't. There was so much more that happened um, besides that that made it very clear that these people were not going to get a fair trial. Um, and <laughs> the judge didn't really think, I guess, that he needed to hide that. He didn't try to hide it. They weren't allowed to have any witnesses um, testify on their behalf. The government was allowed to threaten every single witness and tell them that they could be currently under investigation. Um, and each one had to plead the fifth on the stand and the jury was taken out of the room. So they didn't get to see that. They didn't know that there were people that wanted to testify for these guys as character witnesses, people who had attended government sponsored uh, field training exercises. Um, so, yeah, they didn't. <laughs> They, they were allowed to intimidate witnesses and tamper with witnesses openly, the and government, this, and, this and is, they got away with it. The judge did nothing. This is where it starts to get really dangerous. I mean, it's already dangerous, but even more dangerous. And that is uh, uh, politically activist judges, okay? Yes. And, and, and you can say whatever you want about Alex Jones. I love Alex Jones. He's a very kind guy. Uh, I've... I, every time I hang out with him, he's class. So you can say whatever you want about him. Uh, I enjoy our conversations. And uh, if you watch his trial, and, it, you know, and this is, can be 100% applied to the recent civil case against Trump, is that these judges are, are not allowing the, 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 the process uh, of a trial to happen the way it's supposed to legally. That they exactly. are they are putting their thumbs uh, on the balance of, of justice, and so so they didn't allow they didn't allow like when it came to Alex Jones he couldn't put any evidence out. Wasn't the, was this the trial also where they called the, where the judge called the defendant's evidence crap and and said that they couldn't. They couldn't. They yes, limited how long this, they could. They that could. was this trial. He said um, that uh, to the. He admonished the defense repeatedly in front of the jury. He said, "Why are you wasting our time with this crap line of questioning?" Um, he would just say derogatory things like that. It, only to yeah. the defense, not to the prosecutors. He also instituted a time limit restriction. This was done strategically and. Uh, on purpose because there's no actual proof of any conspiracy to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer and there's no agreement between these guys like they don't have any evidence to this day and you know it's true you know that they have no evidence because you know that if they did you would have seen it by now they'd be plastering it everywhere oh look at these dangerous white supremacist extremists look at them 
all agreeing on this conspiracy and plot. They have none of that. So they have to create and manufacture evidence, and then they have to bring in people that they coerced into taking plea deals to lie under oath and get away with committing perjury. And that's what happened. So they two guys were pressured into taking plea deals, Ty Garvin and Caleb Franks. Incidentally, these are two people that uh, one of the informants also got involved in a selling ghost guns to a convicted drug dealer and felon who was not legally allowed to have them. That same informant and these two guys who took plea deals tried to send one of the parts for the ghost gun to the another defendant's house, Daniel Harris, without his permission to try to implicate him in this ghost gun scheme, which was a separate matter. But that was used to hang over their heads. Hey, you guys need to take plea deals because we won't just get you with conspiracy to kidnap and weapons of mass destruction, terrorism, leadership enhancements will get you for the ghost guns and you'll spend your entire life in prison. So these two men took plea deals. They lied under oath. And that was basically the government's case was the word of two snitches who had taken plea deals and had to sign off on what the government agreed to. So the judge knew that the defense lawyers would want to impeach these guys as witnesses and say, hey, what you're saying now is drastically different than what you said when you were first arrested in your interrogation video. We have the transcripts. Why has your story changed so much? You have to lay a foundation first, uh, especially because of that hearsay rule that the uh, judge had given. The defense has to lay a foundation and wait for the person that they are cross-examining to maybe open the door for more of that to get brought out. So it's a process. And he limited the cross-examination only to the defense team to 25 minutes yeah. per person, but not on the prosecutors. They could spend two hours allowing these guys to just tell a bullshit story, completely theatrical narrative. And then he limits them to 25 minutes. He cites a case that is from a white collar case that involved 100 different third party defendants. And they instituted a time limit to prevent that trial from lasting six months. This was a trial that had only been two weeks. Uh, it was a retrial, by the way, the previous trial did not go over three weeks. So there would be no reason for a time limit. Even BuzzFeed News, left-wing media reported on it and said, this is really weird and looks improper. The next day, Judge Yonker removes these time limits and just doesn't mention it again. There's also allegations of juror misconduct in the retrial of Adam and Barry, uh, where one of these jurors was overheard at his place of employment saying, oh, I just got a jury summons. I hope I get on the uh, the Whitmer trial because I'm going to hang those guys. And he was not removed. Um, you know, the defense lawyers went to the judge with that information. Their private investigator had gotten uh, two additional witnesses to confirm that this guy said this. So there's not even supposed to be the appearance of impropriety. So the judge should have removed that juror and brought in an alternate you know, just because it was even questionable, right? Like that this happened. He doesn't do that. He holds like a in chambers, ex parte, private hearing with the prosecutors where the defendants are not allowed to be present. And he tells this juror, mm, we don't have any evidence that you did this and you're not under oath, but did you say this at work? He <laughs> he. And the guy goes, I don't recall saying that. And the judge goes, oh, good. Okay. 
I believe you. We're all good. And then further, uh, as the trial went on, that same guy, that juror, becomes the juror foreman. And he apparently calls his mother and tells her the verdict before the defense lawyers even know the verdict. Well, the jury is supposed to be sequestered and there's not supposed to be any contact. And that was also investigated independently and verified. Nothing came up of that. That uh, is going to be that'll go to this. This is this goes into the Trump trial. And like you can say whatever you want about Trump. Man, you could say the exact dude. So they find him not guilty of of rape, mm-hmm. but they find him guilty of sexual assault. And the, this is what the lawyer said. This is what the judge said: an unwanted touching, meaning if I touch your shoulder, that is sexual. That can be deemed sexual assault. Well, what? Joe Biden's in trouble because wait until he hears about well, that. Well, He's well, be like well, oh, but this unwanted this touching, this kid? becomes political activism. Yeah. Yes. And this judge, Judge Yonker, after this, so he presided over the first trial and then the retrial of Adam and Barry, because that first trial uh, ended in a uh, two men being acquitted. Like the jury found it was a deadlock, right? Yeah. The jury found that the feds had uh, entrapped and framed uh, Brandon Caserta and Daniel Harris. I'm working with Brandon on this documentary as he tries to rebuild his life after the government destroyed it. And then he got no compensation for that uh but they declared a mistrial for adam and barry so the government retries adam and barry and that is what all these issues come from although some of them were present at the first trial that judge oversaw both of these cases though and i think it's just outrageous um that he's still on the bench right now when all of this happened and that these guys now have to wait for the sixth circuit court of appeals for an appeals process that could take five years when it's so clear that they didn't do it. Not only that, but look, they didn't even have a fair trial. These you? are not fair trials. It's the same thing with the January 6th people And this judge after he presides over two of these trials for the Whitmer fednapping hoax. He goes and gives a statement talking about how much he loves the FBI and how great his FBI agents are. His FBI agents. He said that. Can I ask you in the first trial, was he less biased in the first trial? Uh, do, did, did it seem like someone maybe got in his ear? Uh, what, no. what, what, how can you account for the, the different uh, results? Uh, if, no, if- he was biased throughout the, the entire thing. Like okay. I, I mentioned that bogus hearsay rule that he did to shield the court from even seeing the evidence. Even now, uh, after the federal, all the federal case is over. We had the first trial. We had the retrial of Adam and Barry. They have been sentenced and moved to Supermax, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, there's still all of this discovery under protective seal that Judge Yonker hasn't unsealed. Why is that? Why would you need to hide all of this stuff? No, he's been covering it up the entire time. He put stuff under seal so it couldn't be presented to the jury and the public. Uh, no, like this, he was biased throughout the entire thing. But what happened after the first trial uh, ended in a two men being acquitted and then a mistrial on the other ones, the government was very mad and very embarrassed. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they were touting this case as the biggest domestic terrorism case in a generation. (laughs) This was their big thing, right? And they couldn't secure one conviction at the first trial 
two men are acquitted, they are, in a sense, rebuked. Um, And then the mistrial on the other two. So the government's like, no, we're coming back. Even we're going to put our fingers on the scale even more. We're going to make it even more obvious. We don't care. We just have to get these guys convicted. And they did that because there are separate state cases connected to this that were also coming up to trial. And they wanted to have convictions that they could use to influence that state case, which they did. And they cite that they just, Adam and Barry have just been convicted in the retrial, convicted domestic terrorists, though no one was charged with domestic terrorism. And it's unbelievable. And there's still another state case going to trial in Antrim County, Michigan, this summer. Four men uh, are being tried for providing material support to this case. Um, So uh, because they allowed somebody to train on their property or they taught somebody how to tie a tourniquet. And then the FBI frames that person as a terrorist and now oh you've just provided material support to a terrorist organization and you're going to go to jail for 15 years it's unbelievable dude it's unbelievable it's just manufacturing a, a, an event out of nowhere and then acting like you're the savior to 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 and that you're the only answer to this problem that you have created that's it. Yeah. It's mind blowing. And it happens over and over and over and over again. Yeah. They, they create <laughs> the problem. Like, you know, great, a great example is uh, um, Charles Manson. Same thing. They just kept like getting him out of jail, creating this event. And then at the end, when they no longer need him, they create this thing, this event, these murders. And then the, the question is, he wasn't even there. And the people who actually did it, the guy who they actually think that did it, wasn't even there. So what do you think about Trump saying that he's going to release everybody? I mean, everybody? excuse me, that the, 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 the guy that they actually thought did it didn't even get charged. Go on. I mean, I was, uh, what do you think about Trump saying he's going to release everybody from January 6th? You think that's a good move? You think it made him look good? Or you think it's... I, I don't believe any of it. You know, here's the whole thing about this. It's like, you know, if you go, I was, uh, we, we had, uh, I forget what her name is. Jenny Berlin. Is that her name? Brienne? Brienne, I think is, I forget what her, how to pronounce her last name, but she came on and she was talking about like how, like everyone thinks it's the Democrats that want censorship on the, uh, on social media. But when you really go back to it, both sides are demanding it. Both sides yeah. really are calling for Jennifer Bryan. Yeah. yeah, she was talking about how both sides are like, "What are you going to do to sen- do censorship on the internet?" Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, it's like Trump had a really, really good uh, opportunity to get, you know, to release all these political uh, prisoners, and he didn't release any of them because they said if you do that, we're going to, you know, make your life hell. Guess what they did? They made his life hell, anyways. So everything he yeah. says, like, oh, get me elected, I'm going to do this. That, where do we hear that every time? I swear to God. Like, now I know how women feel when men court them. We just, <laughs> guys will say whatever they can, you know? And then when, then it's like, why you said you're going to do all this? You didn't do any of it. That's like, that's politics. Yeah. They say whatever they we want to hear. Then they get elect- elected. They got four years. They don't have to do anything that they told us they're going to do. 
And then they start to romance us again when the elect, oh, I'm going to do this this time. Trust me on this one. <laughs> We're going to do that. And it's like, yeah, um, especially the second term. They're like, well, he's going to be on. Un- I remember that with Obama. Obama's going to be unleashed in the second term. You know, he, he doesn't have to worry about reelection. He's going to shut down Gitmo this yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. None of it yeah. happened. Remember that? All the lies we were told. That's yeah. so embarrassing. And that's now. why people I, just keep falling for it. It's like crazy. I know. I believe, like I totally bought into that crap back in the day. <laughs> Four years is just long enough oh, for you to forget. Oh, he's going to get us out of all, all the, the forever wars. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so we get. Let's get into. Uh, you know, a great example of this too is the John Jones, uh, Jim Jones, excuse me, and his his that thing was just full of FBI informants. Oh, the cult. Yeah. You think? There's no way an FBI agent drank the Kool-Aid. No. But well, you know that was going down. When, but when yeah, they're in the corner putting the poison in there and handing it out to everybody, encouraging everyone else to do it. That's a real FBI agent, though. They drink. They actually drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> like, I'm that's, so dedicated to this mission. <laughs> like, that's, that's the kind of guy you want working for you. Yeah, I completely agree, man. And, 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 no, but you think there was someone in, in there that knew that that was going to go down and they didn't stop at all? They're like, dude. Drank the fucking Kool Aid. Well, they actually be. pinpointed down to who the CIA guy was when that when that senator was walking to his car. You could see the guy walk off slowly, and that's when they came out and started shooting everybody. Shit. It's all that. It's all this invisible hand that just creates chaos. Yeah, if you could just expand the frame a little wider on a lot of these historical, you know, I mean, there's just that guy there every time in in all of these historical false flags and suspected yeah. false flags. I mean, if you take a look at uh Pearl Harbor, they knew it was coming. They let it happen. So why? So that we would be pulled into World War II. Yeah. Yeah, cuz there was real January 6th. January January 6th yeah. was going to happen. They planned it. <laughs> In fact, the Whitmer thing was the dry run for that. You know, totally uh, they had right. these guys, uh, at, you know, at these um, anti-lockdown rallies in Lansing in April of 2020. There were like a, a few of them, and, and the Wolverine Watchmen, the militia group that the FBI infiltrated, that some of these men were members of, but most of them weren't. Uh, they just attended their training. Um, but these guys attended these like anti-lockdown rallies and they're there in their like plate carriers with their, you know, their tactical gear and stuff like that. And they're with the, this FBI informant, Dan Chappell, who's wearing a wire and he's talking to the FBI in real time. Right. And he goes, oh, I think these guys are going to do something, you know. You know, they, they're looking like they're getting ready to do something. He doesn't say like what they were doing. He just says this into his wire to the uh, FBI handling agents who are listening. And by the way, they're stationed all around uh, the area yeah. in Michigan. They're all around the Capitol where this anti-lockdown rally was happening. And by the way, these rallies, like they brought a lot of people. They had anti-vaxxers. They had just anti-lockdown people, people who were against the mandates. So there were like left wing people, right wing people, people that weren't that political, but just wanted to work. Like these were big rallies. And I think they kind of wanted to discredit that. So they, the FBI calls the Lansing Capitol Police and says, we want you guys to stand down, open the doors, and let everybody in. And so the Wolverine Watchmen guys go in there uh, with the um, FBI informant, 
Uh, Adam Fox, the man who will later be framed as the ringleader of the uh, fake kidnapping plot, he's there that day. Not with these guys, though. He hadn't even met them at that point until the FBI introduces them later on. But the media took pictures of the uh, Wolverine Watchmen, and you saw it in the trailer of them in their tactical gear inside the state capitol at Lansing. Those pictures were all over the media the next day saying that like far-right extremists and militia groups stormed the Capitol and yeah, occupied yeah, the building. Yeah. Now, this it lasted four hours. It was completely peaceful. And then these guys left. Did you know it came out at trial? They stood there and went through security. They went through COVID screening. They all stood there and got their temperatures checked. And then the government turns around and uses these pictures at trial to say, Oh, this was them, you know, being t terrorists and extremists. And it's like, you created that situation. You told the Capitol Police to stand down, open the doors and let everybody inside. You knew that these guys went through the COVID screening, that did nothing violent and left peacefully. And by the way, the FBI agent who was overseeing the Detroit field office at the time that happened, it was a man named Stephen Duantuono. He gets promoted by Christopher Ray to be uh, head of the Washington, D.C. field office, who's running things when January 6th happens. Yep. Yep. The guy who ran that operation was yep. brought over to run the January 6th operation. That's right. And now he's gone, by the way. He conveniently retired from the FBI uh, right before the Republicans took over and created these oversight hearings, you know, ones about like the weaponization of the government. Yeah, he's retired now and he's working for some consulting firm that is, uh, you know, involved in all the stuff going on with like the regional banks and stuff like the Silicon Valley Bank thing. That's a weird story. Yeah, we'll get into that too. But you know, if you study the Oklahoma, uh, the uh, not, we're gonna have an episode on OKC bombing soon. But if you study the Boston bombing, there is so much insanity there, and it's one of those stories where you can't find any of the information you used to be able to find on the internet. Did the you know about the Boston bombing connection to this case? Oh, or no, did let's you just get, bring that so, up now? No, let's get into oh. that. But so, oh, no, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. So the, the the two guys, the brothers, right? That were that went to Dagestan. That that were involved in this. Their uncle was in charge of like an FBI unit in the area. What? <laughs> that is weird. They had connections already to the FBI in that area. You're kidding. Oh my gosh, that's wild. So can I believe so? Let's check that out. No, uh, Shnaev's uncle is what you're saying. Yeah, Shnaev's uncle had <sighs> intelligence operate. I I don't know why the FBI would be over there. Is it because they're more domestic? Maybe it was CIA, but there was already connections between the two. CIA, CIA. Boston terror suspect's uncle was married to CIA officer's oh daughter. And even shared a home with the agent. So his uncle shared what? a house with a CIA agent. So oh my! So so we get into that, right? You cannot make this stuff up. You can't make this shit up. So then we get to the big day, and if you actually study the pictures, and this is where we get into the murky water, right? The pictures of the marathon were like dropping off a backpack. Is that what you're talking about? If you look at his backpack, yeah, and the backpack that they show you exploded. It's not the same backpack. Then you go and find these pictures of these militants 
built in in these militants in all black, and they have Punisher logos on their hat. You study them, there you see a backpack. So it's pretty clear they made them think they were doing it, and they actually weren't the one. They didn't want to trust it to kids. They yeah, made, to they actually did do it. Yeah, yeah. So they just had, hey, walk around with this backpack yeah, on. Right. And they that, just used as patsies. Yeah. That's what that that's what they do. They just use them as patsies. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I, and you talk to his teacher, the kid's teacher, like that kid would never do that. Like I couldn't believe it. Even when I saw it on the internet, I just kept my mouth oh shut because it's that thing where like maybe they were patsies. Well, for sure. I think you, you watch the video. You watch the video and you see him drop off the backpack, but you don't really do much research. I just watched a Netflix documentary. You said for sure they're patsies, bro. Yeah, for sure. I would say that they were. Hundred percent. One of the agents on the Whitmer case, uh, Special Agent Jason Chambers, he worked the Boston Marathon bombing case prior to orchestrating uh, this one, <laughs> you know, the Whitmer case. So I just I thought that was interesting. You, you bring up the Boston Marathon bombing thing and I'm like, wow, yeah, Jason Chambers, you know, he worked that case in 2014 and then he goes on to create the Whitmer case. And, and Jason Chambers is a... A strange character, right? That you know, he's the uh, FBI handling agent that opens the Whitmer case as a TEI investigation. TEI stands for Terrorism Enterprise Investigation. So it's like within the FBI, that is like the highest uh, threat classification for terrorism, and it basically allows the agent to use like all of the resources at the disposal of the FBI. So things like drones, airplanes whole cams, whatever, like he had the ability to do all of that stuff. And there were text messages that came out between him and another FBI agent where he was saying, I'm going to run this as a TEI, whether I get approval or not, because he was supposed to get approval from his uh, bosses. And there were some of them that were kind of questioning this case. And um, but they signed off on it anyway. So there's no no good people at the FBI here in this story whatsoever. But Jason Chambers, it come to find out he's while he's working for the FBI after he's done the Boston Marathon bombing case, as he's doing the Whitmer hoax, he's running a private intelligence company called Exa Intel. And his private intelligence company is seeking multi-million dollar contracts with the federal government to advise them on cases of domestic terrorism. A Twitter account associated with his private intelligence company was posting about the Whitmer case on Twitter, claiming to have insider knowledge and trying to profit financially from the case. That's Jason Chambers. Um and there's a lot of other stuff uh, that you see um, throughout the discovery in this case where he is texting and he's talking to uh, the um, FBI informants and he is directing them to create the plot. He's saying, hey, um, I want you to uh, do this training on like this day. Right. So it's the FBI that is planning all of their uh, tactical training. So. Uh, Dana Nessel, the attorney general uh, for Michigan, and Gretchen Whitmer, they referred to the um, tactical training the militia group was doing as a terrorism training camp. Well, it was the FBI that created it. 
The militia group, the Wolverine Watchmen, was created in 2019 by um, two men, Pete Musico and Joe Morrison. And it, it was in 2019 it was created. It's immediately infiltrated within months by the FBI. They put their informant, Dan Chappell, in the number two position of XO or commanding officer. He takes over their defensive tactical training. And then the FBI posts all these uh, FTXs, they call them, field training exercises, where they uh, have, you know, these various excursions throughout the Midwest. You know, they have one at Cambria, Wisconsin, where the government puts on this training. They basically set up like obstacle courses for these guys, and then they film them running through it. And then they use that as evidence to say that these men were running a terrorism mm -hmm. training camp at trial. Like that's what they do. And Jason Chambers spent, I think, like $6 million on this case. I think that's what the defense lawyers estimated the uh, resources that the FBI used for it. And oh so my that's just, God. That's just one of the backgrounds of the FBI and like their, their motivation to create this stuff. Right. I have um, here from the discovery, uh, I have certain things. So one of them was uh, things that Jason Chambers was like sending out to drum up business for his private company, where he brags about like, spending FBI resources to create his private company. This was an email exchange. We don't know who this was sent to because the name is redacted, but this is from Jason Chambers, the guy who worked the Boston Marathon bombing in the Whitmer case. He says, um, I trust negotiations with Louisiana and other states are proceeding well. So Exa Intel was uh, marketing proprietary software for like uh, threats for public events. And he was sell trying to sell this private company, like his private company's stuff to different state governments. He was trying to get contracts for like security for state governments. And some of them, by the way, it's so funny because he talks about like uh, securing like government buildings and stuff. So if you could get a bunch of guys to like go inside this capital at Lansing and get pictures of that in the media, you can maybe sell your product to state governments. But he goes, I trust negotiations with Louisiana and other states are proceeding well. In the interim, Shelly and I are daily uh, planning and preparing for Exa Intel to go live. That's his private company. He says, I've also been preparing things at my office so that I can leave the bureau and join Exa Intel full time very soon after it's funded. So he had not uh, secured funding yet for his private company. But he was trying to. He says, I am currently the acting supervisory special agent of my squad, which has allowed me, this is key, to reallocate resources such that my eventual exit will be relatively painless. What is he talking about reallocating FBI resources? Well, this woman, Shelly, that he mentions in here, that he's uh, daily uh, planning for his private company to go live. He was paying her as a FBI informant. He was giving her envelopes of cash for work she was doing to launch his private company. Unbelievable, right? Now, I that's mean, probably illegal, by the way. The yeah. defense lawyers in this case 
uh, alerted the prosecutor, Nils Kessler, who, by the way, would have the prosecutorial discretion to go after this federal agent and investigate him. And he says, I've enclosed documents which seem to establish Mr. Chambers has, in fact, a connection to Exit Intel and was looking to leave the FBI in order to strike it out on his own in a private for-profit endeavor. He says that uh, of note, they changed the website logo after news of his involvement in this company broke. He says um, that he believes this was done in order to conceal Jason Chambers' connection to that private company, which is a violation of 18 U.S. Code Section 1519. I trust your office will open an appropriate criminal investigation into this conduct. That doesn't happen. That's just one of these agents. All of them were corrupt. It's so crazy, right? And the government didn't call them to testify because if they did, they know Jason Chambers could have been asked about his private company on the stand, and maybe we could have gotten more information about what Exit Intel was doing. It's unbelievable to me. And, and if you let's let's go look at the uh, the connection to the FBI to the Vegas shooting. He. Stephen Paddock had a plane that was owned by the FBI at some point, right? You mean he had oh a gun runner? The FBI came in, took over the investigation, and they, they they were bringing up stuff, and they're like, "Don't talk about that." And the guy, the sheriff, yeah. got quiet what? about another car. I th- I thought the narrative was that he lost a lot of money and he was really mad at the casino and he shot oh, everybody right. up. The because, millionaire. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the narrative that he was running bad at the at, in blackjack and he was just. Really he was upset. a he was a uh, he was one hundred percent a a gun runner. For I mean, the he sent his didn't he send his girlfriend back to her homeland? Yeah. Well, there or was somebody was- running around telling everybody they're going to die. There were three people in that. Based on the the evidence in the in the hotel room, three people at least were in there. One woman was running around going, you're all going to die tonight. She does look crazy, though. Like, if you think about it, you're at a music festival, wherever you're at, and some girl's just walking around saying, you're going to die tonight. You're like, that person is crazy. Yeah, and what, what are you supposed and, to And then do? the second it happens, you're like, fuck. Yeah, but I mean, like, the FBI, <laughs> the wheels. I feel like the Vegas shooting was the first time that the wheels started to fall off instantly on a high-impact event, and that's why it slowly faded away and nobody discussed it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that Nashville guy, right? The guy that went and uh, planted an explosive uh, in Nashville and it happened to be near this like AT&T NSA center, data center or something. And then apparently he had this like RV and it, it broadcast a warning for everybody to just get out of the area, you know, in advance. And we never heard anything about that guy. Did, did we? Nope, not at all. And then like they said, he, then they said he died, and then he was like, then they saw him on film like a week later somewhere where they're like, we're looking for this guy. You mean the de- dude you said was dead? Yeah, just like they're looking for the January 6th hype bomber. Yeah, right. it, yeah, then it turns out to be like some FBI agent or something like that. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then you have Ray Epps. I mean, this whole thing oh with Ray God. Epps on January 6th where he's like, I'm not, a, I'm not an informant. And then it's like totally he's the only guy not getting investigated. Like it's just so crazy how it's like, it's like, are they just not smart? Like, can't you investigate him poorly? So you can at least say (laughs) I investigated him. 
We investigated him. Well, you didn't ask him any questions. Well, we didn't say it was the best investigation, but there was an investigation. It's so, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's incompetence or or what, but it seemed like with the Whitmer case, you know, what I've seen uh, from the documents is that they wanted this to be a multi-state event. Actually, it um, while the official investigation into the Wolverine Watchmen militia that doesn't begin until March of 2020, uh, these informants were in contact with and surveilling targets uh, going back in some cases to, to 2018 um, when the FBI appears to have had some kind of operation to infiltrate the Midwest militia movement. And they tried to create a fake group called the Midwest Coalition, where they were using one of these informants in there to try to do this. Uh, one of the informants in the Whitmer case suggested uh, that um, these guys go uh, fire rounds into different governor's houses, like all at the same time. So he wanted like, like the FBI wanted this to be a multi-state thing. We're in various states all at the same time. Uh, governor's houses would be shot up or something. So this informant admitted under oath to suggesting firing rounds in governor's houses and then mailing the uh, shell casings to the different uh, governors of different states. Um, the FBI suggested uh, to one of the targets of the investigation that they um, kidnap and kill Ralph Northam. So uh, the government claims that, and so the official narrative is that there were uh, there was a nationwide meetup of militia groups in June of 2020 at the Drury Inn uh, in Ohio, and that these various people from various militia groups, this is when the plot originated, the FBI claims, uh, to kidnap um, Gretchen Whitmer and uh, to, I guess, storm state capitals and all this other crazy nonsense. Um, but that's not true at all. Like, none of the stuff that they said and it happened, actually happened. The FBI called that meeting, the nationwide meetup of militia groups. So their official narrative, they don't ever mention their informants and like what roles they played. They just say, oh, we foiled a plot with these militia groups that were planning to do all this violence and, you know, overthrow the government or, and kidnap and kill politicians. They don't say that the FBI called and chaired that meeting. Well, <laughs> Not I mean, only did they call and chair the meeting, they commandeered the entire hotel. They had uh, undercover agents at the hotel with their children, like there were children present. And we later find out that the FBI took over the entire hotel. So we're like, whose kids were that then that were at the pool area? So the, the FBI calls the meeting. They have their informant chairing the meeting. At this meeting are six other federal informants, all wearing recording devices. And then there are five targets. These are people that, as I said, had been put into that database of people that the government, the FBI wanted to target. So these informants invite the targets to this meeting where they try to set them up. Um, and it's the informants that are recorded suggesting violence. Um, I have the uh, the statements here. Again, this was all the stuff the jury didn't get to see, but they talk about um, how they they don't they need goals and plans and objectives. And it's just crazy. I don't want to take the time to try to dig through it to read it word for word. But the you can see in the evidence here that like 
none of the stuff they said was true was actually true. And the government creates fake militia groups. They create fake Facebook pages. That's what they did in this case. They created a fake national three percenter group called the um, Patriot three percenter group that their informant Steve Robeson was uh, posing as the head of the Wisconsin chapter for that group. By the way, that man is a convicted pedophile. He is a 20-year criminal, and the FBI withheld that information from their own records, by the way. I have um, his CHS file where the FBI notes his lengthy criminal record, and they conveniently leave off his uh, pedophilia charge. That's an aside. But this guy was the one chairing the meeting and getting everybody riled up. And so what they would do is these informants would... Um, pay for the hotel room. So the FBI pays for the hotel room. They've got agents stationed all over it. The government claims that uh, these defendants called this meeting a nationwide meetup of militia groups. They won't show who actually reserved the hotel room and whose credit card is paying for it. Why? Because it'll show that it was the FBI. They had informants there who had listening devices disguised as credit cards. So when you watch the movies, you know, and the informants get wired up, right? And they're like, show us your shirt. They have like credit cards now that are listening devices and key fobs on a keychain. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, so it is crazy. And they had this 70-year-old disabled Vietnam veteran named Frank Butler, who they the FBI invited to this meeting, and they're, they get them drunk and stoned. So the government's buying ounces of weed, and they're giving it to people. Oh, they're so giving fucked. them alcohol. They're paying for their food. They're paying for their travel. And then they tell this uh, 70-year-old disabled Vietnam veteran that he should kidnap and kill Ralph Northam. Now, I have text messages from the FBI handling agent, Jason Chambers, to the informant, Dan Chappell, where he specifically says, mission is to kill the governor specifically. So the FBI is coming up with the mission, right? And then they're telling their informant, tell Frank that's his mission. It's to kill Ralph Northam. And then the FBI informant texts Frank Butler a recipe for making explosives with household items like uh, sugar and Drano and then directs him to double the ingredients. Oh now that if that elderly man actually tried to mix that shit up that the FBI gave him, that bomb recipe, he could have taken out his entire block. Um, thank God he didn't do that. Uh, but Frank <laughs> Frank was just one guy that the FBI targeted here that they were trying to uh, entrap. And they have targets in 15 different states. That's uh, it's all in the documents that were in the discovery that this is all out there. You know, it's the stuff that is still under seal. You know, if you just go through it and organize it and put it together, the story is in there. Um, some of the most important stuff is still under seal, but hopefully that will get unsealed and we'll learn more about it. But yeah, this is the kind of thing that they do and they, they don't care about it at all. Like the FBI, they were driving these guys on various excursions and they were lying to them. So they, the government, one of their claims, they've charged these guys with weapons of mass destruction, WMDs. Where have we heard that lie before, right? WMDs. Hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And by the way, I just had this tweet that has almost 3 million views. 
bragging, not bragging. But I, I go, things that conspiracy theorists got right. No weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The amount of people telling me I'm wrong about that what? is Still? unbelievable. Oh, my God. WMD? Yeah. What? They're yelling. No, dude. Uh, dude, come on, bro. Come on. That's a lie. That's a lie. And Because the, they think chemical weapons are weapons of mass destruction. Oh, my God. So they're bringing up all these chemical weapons that they had, but not. It's like, it's like dude, it is truly amazing. It is. Yeah. So they. They've charged these guys with having WMDs because Barry like taped some pennies on a firework and then detonated it in a tree. Yeah, uh, that's what they call. That's what the FBI is now calling WMDs. Um, but yeah, they came up with this narrative though that these guys were uh, conspiring to kidnap Whitmer and um, that they wanted to purchase explosives or something. Uh, so towards the end, when they wanted to wrap this up and arrest these guys, they wanted to have their October surprise. So they had to do it before the election, like five months into the investigation, there's text messages between uh, the informant, Dan Chapel to his handling agent. And he says, these guys don't have a plan. I I'm wanting to know, are you sort of like wasting my time in a sense? Uh, so five months into the investigation, their own, uh, informants say that there's no plan. These guys aren't really doing yeah. anything. And then the FBI says, well, um, we need to get Pete to come up with the plan. And that if he does, if you can get him to come up with the plan, we can make it happen. So the, <laughs> they are like, it's every single thing, every single overt act that the government alleges these guys did. It's them doing it. It's the it's FBI insane. doing it. The WMDs, that was the FBI. Okay. So they talk about uh, Barry having an unregistered destructive device because at one of these government sponsored field training exercises, Barry took a uh, per purchased legally a firework and he taped some pennies on it to try to turn it into a flashbang so that the guys could practice uh, with something like that. And he tied it into a, hung it from a tree and detonated it. And uh, the government says because there were human targets in that tree from their training from earlier, and then he detonated the firework by it, that he was actually, he taped those pennies to try to make it shrapnel, to make a a destructive device. That's not what he was doing at all. But that that shows you how they could take one thing and say, oh, that's it's this when really it's he was doing something completely different. And then they say that he uh, tried to alter the firework by putting black powder in it. Uh, they had one of their um, guys that took a plea deal said that that happened um, and then later admitted that it didn't happen and that he didn't actually see it. And, all, uh, and then so yeah. they claimed that these guys wanted to purchase explosives, um, that they had the intent to purchase them so that they could blow up a bridge to slow police response, <laughs> supposedly from Whitmer's uh, cottage her vacation cottage. Right. So they the FBI introduces an undercover agent, uh, special agent Timothy Bates, and I will name and shame him. Thank you very much. Going by UCE Red, though, that's what they call undercover agents in court documents. So UCE Red is brought in posing as an explosives expert. The FBI makes a video of them exploding an SUV so they can show it to these guys to try to induce them to purchase explosives. Now, the guys watch the video and like nobody says anything about wanting to purchase explosives. They're just like, oh, OK, that's Okay, that's nice. 
uh, at several points that these informants try to give these guys credit cards with like $5,000 on them that they say, oh, these are for our charity and you can use this to buy gear for the training. <laughs> but even the homeless guy that's living in the basement of the dilapidated vacuum repair shop, even he turns down the offers of credit cards. But like towards the end that they really needed something. And so they wanted to push these credit cards on these guys because they wanted them to make a large purchase of ammunition or firearms so they could say they were stockpiling in preparation for this so-called plot that doesn't exist, that nobody agreed to. And in fact, we have exculpatory statements from these defendants where it's admitted they're on recording saying no black bagging politicians, uh, we're not um, offensive, we're defensive. The jury didn't get to see any of that, but they always use these, um, you know, false means of like, we're going to charge them with WMDs and we're going to say they wanted to purchase explosives. So they got led to the so-called uh, place to make the down payment for the explosives. At least the government alleges that's what they were doing when they arrested some of these guys. They were actually led there, and this is all admitted. It, at trial and court documents, these men were told that they were going to get free gear from Red, that he had surplus training equipment, mm -hmm. and that they could get some plate carriers and some other, you know, it's like some free magazines or something. So these guys got led to this takedown thinking they were going to get free oh, gear. And the government says, well, you showed up because you wanted to buy explosives. You were coming to put a down payment for explosives. And like they go through the pockets of like the, the people they arrested that day. These guys didn't have any money on them. Like they weren't going to purchase explosives. They admit that you guys told them they were going to go get free gear and hot wings. <laughs> Dude, that's I, what they do. <laughs> some people might pull some shit for some hot wings, bro. Uh, some people might commit felonies for hot wings. We've I seen know what dumber. those magazines were. I yeah, mean, what are those magazines? Hot tail magazine? Yeah. Huh? And then, like, the government's driving these guys around, though. Can you imagine? So, like, the one of the things that they talk about was what they called, like, the, the recon, right? They said, oh, these guys wanted to kidnap Whitmer, and they went by her vacation cottage, and they were, like, casing the joint, right? Because they really were going to do this. They cite two trips, a daytime recon and a night recon. Well, of course, it comes out at trial and through the discovery that uh, they are not told where they're going. Um, for the daytime recon, one of the guys who's coming to trial this summer, um, Eric Mulliter, uh, at the state case for providing material support for terrorism, he gets invited to this thing. He has no idea where he's going. When he gets in the car, he's just told that they're going to go um, like hang out or something. Brian Higgins, another guy that was invited to the daytime recon, is told that they're going to go arrest child traffickers or something or do like a citizen's arrest of child traffickers. So that's how he gets duped into going there. Uh, you know, it's all government agents other than like three guys that is doing the recon and driving the cars that the FBI paid for. Um, and for the night recon, uh, Barry was told that they were doing land navigation training. 
and even picked up on wire in the car. Uh, Dan Chappell, the informant, is the one driving, sitting next to him in the front seat is Special Agent Timothy Bates, UCE Red. He is heard on the recording saying to Dan something like, you know, do these guys know what we're doing tonight or do they know where we're going? And Barry is heard on the audio in the back seat saying destination unknown. Barry's admitting he doesn't know where he's going. He's told that they're going to do land navigation training. And then the FBI drives him by Whitmer's cottage where the FBI in advance has installed a pole cam. A pole cam is like a a camera that's providing a 24-7 live feed video and audio to the FBI. And it has like heat seeking shit or whatever, night vision. So they wanted to get these guys at night driving along pick it up on the pull cam so then they could use that against them later uh, as evidence that, oh, look here, they're driving by, they're casing the place. Um, But it's, that's not what happened. They like, they get tricked, you know, and apparently they did this so bad. The FBI was so stupid in how they did this. They didn't even catch them on the pull cam that the FBI installed prior to planning the the night recon. This is why I called the documentary an FBI terror plot because everything is planned by the FBI. They're talking about maximizing attendance. Oh, invite uh, as many people to this um, field training exercise because we want to maximize attendance. We want as many people as possible. Convince this person he's got good ideas. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, the it, it's just insane. It is I, insane. I could ramble about this forever, but well, it's just, it's when you think about like, where is this plot to kidnap the governor except the FBI? Like, where is anybody else plotting this? They give Adam Fox a pen and a paper and tell him to draw a picture, like a map of her area. Um, you can see some of that in the trailer that you guys played. They are take the FBI is photographing Adam as he's sitting at a restaurant, just drawing something with a Sharpie on a piece of paper, trying to draw a map because he this informant told him to do it. And he's just trying to please this guy, you know, who he sees as a father figure who is calling him, pressuring him every single day. There's calls, there's text messages uh, between them. And then we see him telling Adam, Oh yeah, go get out uh, of the vehicle and go take a picture under the the bridge pose with your gun. So Adam being the, you know, naive person he is he gets out this is the homeless man that is framed as the ringleader he gets out poses under the bridge like this with his guns and then they tell him oh now post that picture in the encrypted group chat and he does like the fbi is directing it as a movie tell him to go take a picture tell him to post it here and then they'll use that against him later to say he was planning a kidnapping oh look he posted this here he was bragging and it's like you guys told him to do that i have the text messages from the fbi agent to the informant saying Tell Adam to post his pictures in the group chat, you know, and all this other 100 percent. 100%. Now, here, here's something I know. Like, I've never once seen somebody have a press conference saying they almost got kidnapped. 
Right. Have you ever seen that before where usually they'll have like law enforcement do it? Because if there's a plot to kidnap you, a real plot to kidnap you, could it possibly be that there's more people out there trying to do it? Do you want to put yourself out in a place where you could be easily grabbed? Right? I mean, I've never seen that. Today we found out there's a plot to kidnap me. It sounds so narcissistic, by the way. Like, you're oh, just, she loved it. Oh, she, she loved it. You see her crazy eyes? Time. What was her involvement um, in the in that? Did she, how, when was she looped in on this whole thing? That's a you really know? good question. And actually, I have my own questions for Gretchen Whitmer. In fact, I just posted a clip on my Twitter uh, today of a interview that she gave and everybody's forgotten about this October 20th of 2020 where she talks about how Donald Trump unleashed white supremacist domestic terrorists against her and she grandstands for like five minutes straight they've got Dana Nessel in there talking crap saying that oh three progressive women run Michigan and that's why Trump hated us and he targeted us directly like it is an insane interview, and I really encourage people to watch that clip. If you want to know why they orchestrated this hoax, go watch that clip. I'm telling you, they're grooming her for higher office, just like Gavin Newsom. Whitmer is giving speeches at the World Economic Forum on gun violence. Um, but I believe she knew about it. First of all, she had to have known at some point in the investigation because she had to have approved the installation of the poll cam at her vacation cottage, right? Prior to the FBI planning the night recon. Um, so she had to have known. Further, during the retrial of Adam and Barry, there was a U.S. attorney uh, that was appointed to be head of the Western District named Mark Toten. Toten used to be Whitmer's personal attorney. He recused himself from the retrial of Adam and Barry. Now, his recusal memo has never been made public, despite the defense lawyers trying to get it because they wanted to know why he recused himself, because they suspect that Mark Toten, her personal lawyer, was the one interfacing between her and the FBI while they planned this entire hoax. And it would be interesting to... Um, subpoena his communications and find out exactly what did she know and when did she know it? What was her involvement in this? And I asked the same about Attorney General Dana Nessel from Michigan, who continues to this day to defame these guys, the four men that are going to trial this summer in Antrim County for providing material support for this made-up hoax. She continues to refer to those defendants as members of the Wolverine Watchmen militia when FBI Special Agent Hunrick and Paula said at the state trial in Traverse City just earlier this year that none of those men were actual members of the Wolverine Watchmen. He said that under oath. So it, it's stunning to me that this continues. I want people to watch that, though. Look at the interview they both did on a with ABC News, October 20th of 2020. You'll see she absolutely was involved um, in some way. And I hope that uh, eventually the recusal memo from Mark Toten comes out uh, in addition to the communications they had with the FBI while this thing was ongoing, because that would make everything she said about these men a knowing lie. Like, I think she knew she was lying when she said that they were just like ISIS and they were running a terrorism training camp. She knew it was the FBI that was running their field training exercises. Yeah. And so you go again, what is this all about? Why do they want to create a domestic terrorism 
uh, Bureau of Homeland Security. Well, what they've already demonstrated that once you get labeled a terrorist, your constitutional rights are gone. You have no constitutional rights. Okay, we've seen it with the with uh, the supermax where El Chapo is, even though he's not labeled a domestic ter- or terrorist. But like, that's where all the terrorists are, by the way. In a that's super- where one of the Whitmer guys is too. He's now Dude. there. They sent him there because he participated in my documentary. He's now a Florence supermax and buries a Terre Haute in Indiana. Oh no! They sent him there because of oh no! Because of your movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, we're all in yeah. trouble. That's a <laughs> we're all in that's trouble. A whole other story. <laughs> Xavier is like, oh yeah. damn. What you're saying, it's Sam, has it gives me a question stuff. though, and I I wanted to ask this. So we've seen if the government really wants to stitch somebody up, though they they can do it clean. We know they can, and this is not clean. Uh, so much of this is just very sloppy and incompetent. What do you what do you? I'm I'm curious. Any, any of you, what, what, why do you think that is? Because if they wanted to do it clean, they could have. Well, I mean, could it also be uh, nonlinear warfare? That's what I'm wondering, yeah. Is there, look at us, we're discussing it. So now we are, uh, we're part of the side that doesn't trust intelligence. And then you have the other people going, oh my God, they try to kidnap the the, the, the governor. And now, now you like have- these texts and stuff, those could have been disappeared so easily. Yeah, but well, well then- yeah, I don't mean I don't know. Well, my old thing, I just want to get into this is like th- this really is about being able to suspend people's constitutional rights and have them not. I mean, we've seen in January 6th, these guys still don't get to see their lawyers. Uh, okay. In, yeah. in, in, in a different case, you know, that guy that got caught up with that, that discord, that whistleblower. Do you think there was any informants inside that discord that maybe convinced them to do that where they picked on him? We're like, yo, we know he's an idiot. We do this. Then we pass some laws and. Because on Discord, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on Discord. If you look into it, there's a lot of, like, private groups, malicious stuff. A lot of grooming, right? Like uh, Peyton Gendron, the Buffalo mass shooter, was communicating with a retired federal agent in Discord prior to that. Yeah. 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 To me, this thing could almost be like a CIA op to fuck with the FBI. You know what I mean? It's something. I just feel like there's no no way to zoom out a little bit. 100%. Uh, on the there, there's been talk about how the CIA, which technically isn't allowed Not to allowed. operate in America, would want to infiltrate and take over the FBI. And we've seen what's it called? Uh, sheep dip? Is that what it's called? Where yeah. basically you're both, you're, 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 you know, I mean, so this, yeah. you, you make the FBI look bad. There, you know, I mean, you could take it over through the inside. That's so interesting. Um, You know, one of the uh, things about the old PATCON operations from like the 90s, the different groups that were infiltrated by the FBI back then, a lot of those groups were suspected to have been connected to the CIA and Iran-Contra. So I just kind of thought that's interesting that there might be some kind of interagency dispute here for the psyops and stuff like we need this for our black operation oh yeah you created that front group to run guns well we're gonna infiltrate that group and we're gonna use it for something else like it's just it's insane well operation (laughs) fast and furious the government got busted selling sending weapons to the cartels they're like well we were just trying to follow there yeah okay all right (laughs) Or just trying right. to follow the the flow of where the guns went. You're like, okay, yeah. well, you, you got busted. 
So again, it gets into this thing and we'll wrap it up here. It gets into this thing where we're just like, what is real? Like what is really like, so, so very famous quote, will you look up former head of FBI, Los Angeles, Ted, uh, we played this on, on uh conspiracy social club, but I think it's a great way to kind of wrap it up here. What he said about uh, the intelligence agencies of America, and then he was found floating dead in in the river. I mean, now, now you say uh, so. The CIA brings the drunks to uh, Free Rick Ross, right? Yeah. You don't think they tell the FBI? Oh, Ted Gunnerson. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't you don't you think the FBI tells uh, the CIA tells the FBI? Oh, don't don't fuck with him a lot. Like we need him 100%. to get rid of these kilos. So they do I mean, work together. They do. They told him don't fuck with Free Rick Ross. That's how we. That's how he ran for so long. What are we looking for? Yeah, uh, let's see. I can't. Okay, it's fine. But basically, he says that every major catastrophe, high impact event that happens in the world is done through these intelligence agencies, the Bilderberg groups, the World Economic Forums, uh, even though that wasn't as big then. But he basically breaks down that all of it is manufactured through intelligence agencies. And, and that's, that's, that's what it happens. And, you know, if you really even get into what we've talked about uh, on this show is like how, how the mafia and the CIA have a lot of ties and that's through the Catholic church. This, most most terror attacks are committed by our CIA and FBI. Yeah, and yeah, so. basically. Well, it's, yes. a, it's a little different. It's a different video, but yeah, let's hear this. It's the CIA, an army of individuals who have a license to kill. It's like Murder Incorporated. Right? Oh, the, uh, are you kidding? The CIA makes the mafia look like a Sunday school class. I mean, our, this is the problem with what's actually happening in Afghanistan. They, look, the CIA is done. Can I just say, sounds like somebody that would be found floating dead in a real one. Well, <laughs> former country. FBI? It's unbelievable. Look at the terrorist acts that have occurred. The CIA behind most, if not all of them. We had the Marine Barracks. We had our embassy in Kenya. Uh, we had Pan Am 103. Uh, we had the USS Cole. Uh, we had Oklahoma City. We had the World Trade Center in 1993. How people forget about the Cole. Our government that was, was involved in some of those. I don't know, but I do have documentation that there was government implication in some of these. And we'll discuss them as we go. Well, Ted, um, the people out there. Anyway, this is eight minutes. I mean, I, yeah, we don't need to watch all of it. But it basically breaks down that it's all, it's all. Uh, uh, Intelligence. You think it's getting worse? Uh, like you think every year it's getting worse? You think uh, when Obama was running it, it, or you think it's getting... Well, a lot of people th think it's got more brazen since Obama was in. Obama is a intelligence operation plant. His grandfather worked with, the, with uh, George Bush Sr. to build up the CIA. His mother was an MK Ultra sex kitten. Her, his grandfather sent his mother into missions to seduce targets. This is all facts. He has a, it's not even his real name. So, you know, and then you get into ISIS and like the government creating ISIS and Benghazi was all about cleaning up that. So it didn't come back to Hillary, John McCain and Barack Obama. 
I mean, I listed that thing. I could go on forever. Everything that came out that was was true. The whole hippie movement, fuck FBI, CIA. It's all. It's every major cultural NWA, thing. Yeah, NWA, same shit. So I was talking to some people about like, and I've said this before, and I'm not going to name names, but it's just like. Dude, do not tell me that the comedy scene that got so big culturally, especially at the comedy store, didn't have FBI assets in it. You get, up. You're, you're telling me at, at, the, at the comedy store, me and you're chilling, the and there's someone in the green room that's an FBI agent. I'm telling you, brother, they have infiltrated every single... I mean, you look at the Ellen yes. DeGeneres... Uh, emails she told the cia she'll do anything they want him to do and what happens the security guard from the vegas shooting shows up on the ellen degeneres show there's no way they weren't uh, around rogan anytime they could be around rogan. anybody yeah. i have ideas not gonna say don't want to get into it don't need that shit in my life right now <laughs> okay right i mean like look at what look at the fujis man yeah I mean, he was basically working for the Chinese government. He got busted. You got me thinking, like, they're probably in the weed Funneling game, too. Funneling money to Barack Obama. That story's dead. Oh, they love yeah. the weed game, dude, because it's all cash. They yeah, love that That's shit, what I'm like. Bro. Now he's they got me thinking. It. I was like, who that fucking B-Real Studios an FBI agent? An FBI agent <laughs> now. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Well, you'll lose your mind doing that, bro. <laughs> but you got to go, like, what do they represent culturally? You know? You never know. I, I, it's usually just who's the biggest dipshit in the room. I I would imagine. No, but Listen it's to like these text messages and stuff. These guys. I mean, like, look at the culture. Look at the you know people hate hearing it. Martin Luther King was Martin Luther King was an FBI asset to counter Malcolm X when he started going off the reservation talking about class wars. That's when they offed him. Okay. The, the look at the the feminist movement. Gloria Stein. What's her name? Steinem. Yeah. Steinem. FBI asset. Jesse Jackson basically brought Martin Luther King to the hotel to be shot. And then we've had guests in that FBI. Oh, I'm not going to get into that part because then daddy gets in trouble. But <laughs> we've had guests talk about it. Al uh, Sharpton was an FBI informant. FBI yeah. informant. Yeah. How wow. do people still follow these people? And they love them. They love Al Sharpton. That's amazing. Right? Selling out his own people. They're all there. And again, I don't have a problem with law enforcement trying to stop problems. I have a problem, as I think most Americans would be, with a uh, an intelligence agency creating a problem in order to be the solution, in order to pull back your right, your your constitutional rights. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that one of the main goals of the Whitmer hoax uh, was the is going to be the criminalization of militia activity. Um, there was a, a law, an anti-terrorism law passed in Michigan in 2002, directly after 9-11 that has to do with aiding and abetting. So basically, if the government says that you aided and abetted somebody in Michigan, you can be charged the same as like an actual terrorist. So that's what the estate cases are for, for yes. providing material support. It's adding aiding and abetting. So now it's guilt by association. It's like if you knew somebody that we framed or you were in the same discord group Rico, chat basically. or you were in Telegram or whatever, like they'll say you're now somehow connected to or tied to 
uh, terrorism or you provided support for it because maybe you conversed with somebody at one point and then the government frames them later. I think that's been the most terrifying aspect of this. Like Brandon, he got tied up in all of this because he was in a group in discord um, in like June of 2020. And they, somebody said, Oh, Hey, you should come train with these guys because we all know what was going on in 2020 as far as like riots and stuff. Yeah. So of course you've got a bunch of guys that are like, Oh sure. Free training. People pay thousands of dollars to learn how to, you know, be better with firearms. Okay. So he goes and attends one of these FTXs. He has no idea. He's walking into like an active TEI investigation. Unbelievable. He gets arrested just a a few months later. He's only met these guys like three times, you know, and then like when they arrested him, they did it at his job. Uh, They got his management involved and lured him into a back room where he was told like his manager wanted to talk to him. And there was like 18 plain clothes federal agents wearing balaclavas on their heads. And they're like, get on the ground now, you know, stop resisting. And, And he doesn't know who it is because they're not identifying themselves as FBI. They're not wearing any kind of like logo. He thought he was being kidnapped or something or that he was going to be executed. And then some guy comes out in a suit like smoking and they're like, is this him? Is this the guy? And he says to him, what's your name? And he's like, Brandon. And he's like, that's him. And then they just kind of like take him down to the interrogation room and that's the first time he he hears like why he's there. They're like, you were conspiring to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. And he goes, for what? <laughs> and they're like, you tell us. We we know, you know. Why don't you tell us? And he's just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be so scary too, bro. That's gotta be so scary. To be in that position. Hey, and when he walked in yeah. there, he probably thought, wait, is there a march that I missed? Are we are we going out marching? And because the belief is that that justice is served. And when a crime isn't committed, the truth will come out. And now what we're starting to see is the uh, the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the whole criminal justice system. I mean, we've always known that. I mean, black people be like, duh. I mean, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then, you you know, what happened to the Native Americans or the indigenous? What happened to uh, the black community now being happened to white people? And it wasn't right then. And it's not right now. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Brandon spends 18 months in prison and they uh, cut up his vehicle. He loses his apartment. He loses his job and there's nothing for him. You know, he is acquitted and he is found completely innocent. A jury says that the government entrapped and framed him. They'd have given him nothing, you know. There was no apology. There's no, oh, here's your lost wages, you know, or anything like that. Like you are, you've had everything taken from you, and then you just have to kind of start out at the bottom again. And I feel like, no, they should have to compensate him for what they did, not just to him, but all of these guys should be compensated. And um, Adam and Barry should be freed uh, from Supermax where they're at right now. Uh, because of their participation in my documentary. So it is very, um, it's demoralizing, you know, it is depressing. uh, When and then you see like how it's so obvious in some ways where they don't bother to hide some of it. And I think of revelation of the method where 
They want you to know that like you're living under tyranny and they want you to think that they're all powerful. They want every single person to be terrified to meet up with people in real life, to be terrified that every single person around you is a fed or cop or something. Think about how they can neutralize any real effective dissent. I mean, going after these guys was a a great way for them to demonize the anti-lockdown movement. And that's what they did. And this is what they continue to do. So I think part of it is, they, they want you to know that they're doing it. They want some people to be aware of that. And they think it's kind of funny, I suppose. Um, and I think part of it is like an occult thing where they have to tell you what they're doing. And for whatever reason, for their bizarre satanic religion, that somehow absolves them. And they feel like, well, you deserve it because we tell you what we're doing. You guys know and you put up with it. So I completely agree. I completely agree. Christina, you crushed it. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We've, uh, this was eye opening. You did a great job. I felt I was a little off a couple of times with, uh, I I just couldn't find the words, but you carried the show and you did great. So one more time, can you tell us where, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. You guys can find me at radixverum.com. That's my website. And uh, you'll be able to find information about the documentary there. It doesn't have a release date or a distributor yet, but hopefully we'll have one soon. Uh, But you can sign up. Um, I have my fundraiser for the documentary where I post updates so people can uh, follow that. Um, The documentary uh, website is K, the letter K and andkfilm.com. I didn't want to get... um, the website kidnapandkill.com because I thought that'd be a little <laughs> weird. Yeah, you so. might be in trouble on that one. <laughs> if I'm are not you... already on like the federal watch list, oh, uh, purchasing you... that domain would get me there. So. <laughs> Is it finished? Or, or have you done your final cut? Is it done? It's not completed yet. Okay. I'm still fundraising for this. I've completely paid for everything out of pocket so far, um, but I have raised some of the money I need to complete it. So it's about halfway done. You've got I your interviews though? Because those interviews various look great. places to go to though uh, throughout the country. But I have put some of the stuff out there because it's important. It's time sensitive and I still have yeah. two innocent people in Supermax. So I well, can't wait to see it. Thank you, you are excited. doing the Lord's work and we appreciate oh, that. So Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I uh, we look forward to seeing uh, more work from you. And you have an open door to come on anytime you want. So thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Jackson, Mississippi, let's go. Buy some tickets, man. Baton Rouge, you're doing great. But Jackson, Mississippi, come get weird. San Diego, California. Uh, again, we have some brand new, um, a brand new affiliate on the on the uh, website that will help you get in shape. I'm very excited for that. Check out my boy uh, Joel Staley at uh, Joel Staley Fitness, and he'll help you drop some lbs. I'm back to doing the uh, fasting, so I Ooh. hope you'll join me and we'll get in shape. I love you guys very much. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Stay tuned for a little bit about our affiliates. And uh, watch some sneak peeks of some more episodes on other shows. I have uh, a little sneak peek for you. So enjoy these and we will talk to you soon. Here's a clip from the latest Broken Sim. Did you see Richard Shifting Dreyfus? Shifting gears entirely. Starting in 2024 films. This is actually fantastic. Will be required. Can you stop this for a second? Look at how his 
Glasses are on his nose. Yeah, way down his nose. This guy's ready to talk some shit, yeah, right? Uh-huh, for sure. This guy is ready to be like... It's loaded. No, the phone's not ringing. I don't give a shit. Let's burn everything down, It's right? funny how Hollywood only cares about this kind of stuff when it comes to affect them, though, you know what I mean? Meet like, new inclusion standards um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have yeah. a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups you think of these new inclusion standards for films they make me vomit <laughs> why because this is an art form it's also a, a form of commerce and it makes money but it's right. an art and no one should be telling me as an artist that i have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. God, he's so and right, I'm sorry, he? I don't think that there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. So that was Jaws. Anyway, so oh, he, go, so he goes on. This is a Young Turks, huh? Well, that interview was on PBS. How hot is she, bro? Does she look like she farts cotton candy? I, I don't know. Nobody does. But that so Shifting Dreyfus, he goes entirely. on to say, I don't want to listen to her talk about Dreyfus goes on to say that like Lawrence Olivier played a brown man or you, you know, and did a convincing job of it. Why can't I play a black man? Basically, he says something about like, you're gonna tell me I can't do blackface? Yeah, like, that's where he goes with well, it. Well, what's funny is like it, it and just, they, they've been they've been crucifying him on that quote. Yeah, like, but what me, does he give a shit? It's a gun. He but he wasn't even serious, though. I mean, he was like saying, no, I, I'm with you. But but this is the but by the way, Johnny, good for him. I by the way, Johnny. The fucking the, the right and the left do this. They take something yeah. and they just blow it up and they run with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and make him look like an old geezer like yeah, lost of course. lost his mind of from, course when really he's it's just, just fucking weird man he's got it together as much as yeah dude and, and it's just like he's totally right he's totally right and it, it's just like and this you know the strike is going on johnny and i'm for the i'm for the writers guild i'm for yeah. the writers i want them to get they're asking for three percent of the profits give them three percent of the profits why not but they, the writers get shafted for sure in the whole process. They deserve to get paid. Uh, but I will say right into the camera, you're putting out dog shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. But how much is that is people but, but getting Johnny, promoted that but, 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 to do that? But then you see their social media and a lot of these writers just shit on the middle of the country, shit on the South yeah. all the time. Those are the people they hire, though. What? Those are the people they choose to hire in no Hollywood. No shit, but that doesn't matter because those are the people who are striking right now. So I want them to get their 3% because I support workers. But I'm just going to tell them both the execs and the writers are putting out dog shit. It's yeah. just you are. And yeah. I get it because you have to you have to pitch what they're buying, okay? But in your personal your personal uh, uh, Twitters and your Instagrams, and whatever one man shows you're putting on, you're just putting out woke dog shit. And I'm sorry, that has, whether it's your fault or not, you have participated in this. And it is why nobody's watching anything anymore. And at some point, at some point, they're going to go, 
We don't care that we're losing money because every bailout we get our, our books cleaned out. We're losing our ability to program them. And it's not working, right? So it's going to be a very hard cut. Now, Johnny, we've talked about this before. I will tell you, you may not see all the late night talk shows come back. From this? Really? Yeah. If it goes long enough. What, like Kimmel or something? What do you think? I, um, may, may, I think Kimmel will come back, but I wouldn't doubt if you see uh, like some of the later shows not come back. Huh. Why? Just because they realize they don't need them? Yeah, they're, they're not getting any numbers. And they're, those shows are expensive to put together. Those yeah. hosts demand a lot of money because it takes a lot of work to put those shows together that nobody's watching. And you can go like, well, J- Jimmy Fallon is getting three mil. Or, like, that's great, but that's network television. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I I do think that nobody's watching that shit anymore, especially not when it's on. No, no. Now they, they cut it clips. up yeah. and they're like controversy, and that's what they do. We'll see what happens with Saturday Night Live. Now, Johnny, did you see that Fox News uh, replaced Tucker with somebody who I think is very smart for them to replace? I didn't see him a with black person. Uh, Trump's hot press secretary that the Republicans oh, all have a rock yeah. hard for. Yeah, that might be. I don't know. I- I mean, she listen, did crush balls when she was doing but that job. Listen, but. there's not a lot of people that the right swoons over like that. She's one of those. Yeah, nobody's gonna say shit to her for sure. We'll now, see if now, now we'll I've, see if people listen. I've been seeing on YouTube, Johnny, Kaylee McEnany, right? I've been seeing on YouTube that the the um, that Elon Musk and and Tucker Carlson are going to work together. I don't know what that means, though, but on YouTube and Twitter, they've been saying that. Yeah, I keep seeing that, too. I don't know if that's real. I will say, uh, I had this for later, but this is Tucker Carlson Unleashed is going to be kind of fun. This there are members on, of Congress. This was him on Tulsi Gabbard's, I don't know, podcast or something this week. This was fast. Who are controlled by the intel agencies. I'm not let me, speculating. Let me start that again. Okay. There are members of Congress who are controlled by the intel agencies. I'm not speculating on this. You know, I I lived there for 35 years. I know this. I had a very high-ranking, very high-ranking member of the House Intel Committee tell me at dinner at a restaurant in Washington when he'd been drinking, we got to talk about this. And I said, oh, I'll text you. He goes, "I, I can't text. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, because NSA reads my text. And I said, NSA reads it. Wait, you're the head guy on the intelligence committee, you're their boss. You're providing oversight in our constitutional system. He's like, yeah, but you know, they're still spying at me. First thing. Second thing, Michael McCall, who is, you know, (laughs) the leader of, I would say the neocons uh, in the house, kind of low key uh, neocons, but, but neocons. Um, What I got into an argument with him once last year on the phone he told somebody that I was a Russian agent or something. And I was outraged. So I called him on the phone and I, you know, I used bad language. I was really mad. And uh, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just got that. You know, that's what the Intel briefers told me that you were working for Russia. And I said, that's what the Intel briefers told you. You believe your fucking Intel brief. Like how yeah. old are you, son? You know, yeah. I'm from DC. My dad was in this world. Like yeah. you don't, you're being manipulated by your Intel briefers. Right. 
Anyway, so Tucker, Kelsey's Tucker, Tucker really unleashed. Hot, oh, right? she's great. Yeah. She's Tucker hot. unleashed is going to be a lot of. There fun. are members of. He's going to be a lot of fun. I think now. Um, there are people who have been teeing off on this video that they're both controlled opposition. What do you think of that? It's entirely possible. Yeah. It's entirely possible. I only I judge people over a long time horizon. You know, you can't judge anybody on one video. Get let it, you know, let them let's see how it plays out. Let's yeah. see what what the things they say and do, how they affect the the world. You know well, what I'm saying? That's well, how I judge people. What you do is you went when you go see how they react when the the, the best um, needs of the or the best desires of the masses and the, the desire and here's a quick sneak peek of conspiracy social club enjoy in 1692 haley put forth the idea of a hollow earth he suggested the atmosphere separated uh multiple shells and that each shell had its own magnetic poles which oh damn bro rotating at a different speed let, let me let me hold on so you. the guy that was so smart he could predict the comet to the minute, according yeah. to you. Yeah. And Sam is like, how do you do that? Well, Sam, math. <laughs> okay, math. But then the guy who's a master of math is wrong about hollow work. <laughs> uh, Sam. All right, guys, real quick before we're done, we want to tell you about all of our affiliates. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, as you know, uh, fiat money is chaos. Okay, fractional reserve banking, dangerous. The best way to get out of it is precious metals in particular silver and gold silver and gold and that's why we're working at wise wolf okay wise wolf silver and gold just go to sam or sam gold and you can join and uh he's hooking you up they got great pro that you can either buy single time or you can sign up for the program where you can buy up to 500 dollars a month i'm doing it i hope you can too we also have Everybody at Eagle Research, that's right, Eagle Research, AquaCure Mobile Model AC50 Brown Gas, Hydrogen Brown Gas. Uh, the guy who makes it says it's secure. People are using it. Check it out. Just go there, use the, the, the promo code Tin foil hat, three words, and get a discount. Go back to the main page, Sam Tripoli. You will get, uh, yeah, you get a discount with the promo code tinfoil. And then our good friends over at HaleyRayCrystalShop.com. Go to the promo code is Swarm15. Swarm 15, 15, get 50% off all your crystals, all your quartz, all uh, you name it. What do we got here? Look at all this stuff. All this stuff. All the best. You can do it right there. It's all part of the best crystal shop on the internet. Jewels, bracelets, clusters, you name it. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Candles. You name it. You got it. Swarm 15. Thank you for supporting the show. We love you. And uh, thank you so much for your support. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. You just blew my mind. Tim foil hat, tin foil hat, tin foil hat.